church in a long time. But my plans don't always work out. Hallelujah. Amen. I want God to have his way. I don't you? In fact, I don't want to just hear a sermon. I, I don't want to just preach a sermon tonight. I want the Lord to talk to us. I'm just kidding. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But I have surrendered myself to him. And I figured this out. If he can use a rooster. And he can use a donkey. And he can use a whale. Then I suppose he can use me. And I suppose he can use you. Well. In fact, I believe he wants to. I don't know why God has chosen to use humanity, but he has, and I'm glad he has. Exodus chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, and reading just two verses of scripture here. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Amen. Now, you know, when I read that, it just struck me as strange. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. It may not sound strange to you, but I'll tell you why it struck me as strange in just a moment. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, we're going to start a new calendar. And I want you to designate the month you're in right now as the first month of every year. And you're going to go through your months, but when you get to this one, it's a new year. And so I want to, I want to preach to you for a little while tonight about a New Year's revolution. Hallelujah. I think it's time for a revolution. I'm not talking about in our country. I'm talking about in the spirit. Well, hallelujah. A New Year's revolution. Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's talk to the Lord together, everybody, right now. Jesus, we need
My study of the scripture has convinced me that God is a timeless God. Scripture seems very clear to me that God does not operate within the confines of man's time frame. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 says this. Be not ignorant. Be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord. Just like a thousand years. And a thousand years to him is the same as one day. This is what the Bible tells us. God doesn't see things the way we see them. All of our lives are directed and dictated by time. We ought to get up at a certain time. We ought to be at work at a certain time. We ought to be in church at a certain time. We ought to eat at a certain time. And everything in our life revolves around the clock and the calendar. But that's so with God. Amen. Amen. With God, whether it's a day or a thousand years, it's all the same. Yes. In fact, when we reach heaven, one of the great prophecies about that place is the Bible lets us know that time shall be no more. When we get over there, we're going to be like him. And it's all the problem of the law. Yes. I don't want to get sidetracked, but I was telling my wife the other day, I would never want to steal anybody's joy or comfort away from them. But, but honestly, there's just something inside of me that, that just, you know, it just bothers me a little bit. And I hear folks that, that, that lost a loved one, a loved one's passed away, and they said, well, they're celebrating their first Christmas in heaven. Well, today's their birthday. I'm glad you get to spend your birthday with Jesus. But, well, I understand what you're saying, but please hear me. There is no Christmas in heaven. Right. And there is no birthday in heaven. Right. It's all one eternal day. Right. There's no changing of the calendar in heaven. Amen. Because there, God doesn't operate by time. Right. right. Hey, look, that's why it bothered Mary and Martha so bad. Lord, my brother's been dead four days. And God said, four days, what's four days? God's not down by days. God doesn't care if he's been dead four days or four thousand years. God can resurrect him just as easily. God's not there. I wish somebody would understand that. You need to fret and your nails down a little bit because you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. It's coming to tomorrow. But I would say the God's on me again tomorrow. And tomorrow's no different than today for you. Yeah. And it doesn't take God 10 years to solve the problem. If he wants to, he can take Joseph out of the prison and pray. Yeah. In fact, in fact, God's dwelling place is eternity. Yes, sir. Well, there is no time. This is what Isaiah said, Isaiah 57, verse 15. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth that that inhabiteth. You've got verse 17 up there, give me verse 15. Isaiah 57 50. Amen. For thus saith the high and holy one that what is that word? Inhabiteth. That word means to dwell in. It means 
said, live in. You want to know what God's house is? God's house is eternity. Right. Well, praise God. That's what God lives. God doesn't live in today or yesterday or tomorrow. God lives in eternity. It's all the same thing. That's why we don't need a low place and altar. And I say, God, forgive me my sins. It doesn't matter. Even in the case of my great mother, 77 years, she lived for herself. She did what she wanted. She committed sin. But when she said, God, forgive me, God stepped into the past 77 years worth and just erased it all. Right. Same thing's true about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. That's just another room in God's house. God's already in tomorrow. He's already there. Before we ever get there, God's already there. So he inhabits eternity. God lives in eternity. Without question, God does not function within the confines of time the way we mere mortals do. Time is immaterial to God. Right. Well, I read, I read in the book of Revelation, written almost 2,000 years ago, where Jesus said, I come quickly. And here it's been 2,000 years and he's not here. Did he lie? Of course not. With God, that's only a couple of days. There's no difference, you understand? God's not there by time. God's not obligated by time. And yet this timeless God spoke and gave a very clear command in Exodus chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of Moses. This month is going to be the first month of the year to you. It shall be the first month of the year to you. It's going to be the first month of the year. This is what God said. The God who is not made by time looked at Moses and said, Moses, I want you to establish a principle among your people. There's got to be a new year. Right. There's got to be a new year. I want something to happen. Now look, when you continue reading Exodus chapter 12, you soon discover that what's going on is that God said on the 10th day of this first month of every year, you're going to have a celebration. And you're going to look back to the day that I brought you out of Egypt. It's going to be the day that I have delivered you from bondage. You're not slaves anymore. You spent 400 years as slaves, but slavery ends tonight. Be 
And you know about this time last year, you ought to book all of them. That's right. So why make new resolutions when you know you're not going to keep them, right? I'm going to tell you the problem. We don't need a resolution. We need a revolution. Right. We don't need to tell them we need. We need to tell them we need life. Right. It's not about you just thinking in your mind, I'm going to be different. It's about you fighting your way through the Spirit until God says, you will be different. Right.
It's not going to happen because you make a resolution. It's going to happen by the power of a revolution. See, the word revolution is defined as the overthrow and replacement of a government or political system by those who are governed. When those that are governed don't like the government and they overthrow the government, saying you're not going to rule over us anymore. That's called a revolution. In the late 1700s, the colonists complained to England, their government, about taxation without representation. You're charging us taxes, but we don't get to vote on anything. That's tyranny. That's tyranny. And we're not going to stand for that any longer. But they couldn't just pass a resolution. Now they did that. It's called the Declaration of Independence. Right. They passed a resolution. But I don't care how many people signed that resolution. That didn't free them from England. Right. You know what freed them, Brother Chad? When they picked up guns and said, it's over. Right. That piece of paper didn't free them. The revolution freed them. Right. And so it's fine for you to make your resolutions. And I'm not, I'm not calling for overthrow the government. What I'm telling you is, we need to overthrow spiritual right. government. When the devil's catch you out, it's time to raise up. Right. What's the hell you got in my life and my thoughts wrong?
but I'm not here to enjoy anything now. I'm here to change things. Something has changed my mind. Something's happened in my spirit. I'm not here to sit back and watch everybody else. I'm here to bring that giant down. And I'm telling you whatever giant you're facing in your life, the same God that delivered David is here to deliver you tonight. And you giant is no bigger than Goliath was. And God is not any smaller than he was when he held me. These are the words of changes tonight. If you're here to surrender me. If you're going to play softly. If there's anybody here tonight that's going to have the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you that's where the revolution that's where it starts. You come to God and you ask Him to forgive you your sins. You tell Him you're sorry for the way you've lived. You ask Him to change you. Repentance doesn't mean I believe in you, Jesus. Repentance means with your help I'm changing. I'm sorry for the way I've been. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. But I can't change myself. I need you to transform That's your repentance. You repent because Peter said you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. He said that the gift of mercy, the gift of all of those. And it's that Holy Ghost that's going to change you from what you have been to what you need to be. If you're here tonight without that gift of the Holy Ghost, these altars are open for you. But even if you receive the Holy Ghost, there may still be some transformation that needs to take place. There may still be some areas in your heart and life that you haven't yet surrendered to the Lord. And I'll tell you, God's able to help you conquer every kingdom, pull down every stronghold, 